Hello, everybody. How you doing? It is another episode being recorded over here in Chicago, Illinois, in the U.S. of A. And what a special, special treat that we had this past Saturday in New York City. Before I get into all of that, how are you guys doing today? Hope, as always, your week is just going fantastic. Great start of the week for me so far. This episode has been recorded on Tuesday. So what? I'm going to say three days removed from the event. And it it was a fantastic one. Really wild. Uh, before that, um, for this week, nothing much in my life. Uh, just a regular old work routine. Um, just saw the fights Saturday and... Mostly now, oh, I went to my niece's birthday and Dave and Buster's. God dang, have not been in there in quite some time. It's um a lot of kids, a lot of the youths. Uh, but the, I think the best part was the arcade games, specifically for uh, if, if you guys haven't been to like the local arcades, no matter your age, I do kind of just recommend it if you just want to go out and have a good time. Uh, usually nowadays, um, only like 10%. Um, I've, I've been to three different arcades this year, three or four. Usually there's like four or five games that are actually pretty fun. The rest are, eh, meh, you know, just uh, not not really well, my cup of tea. But the best ones were the OG House of the Dead. I know you guys remember that one. The there was a Halo game. I didn't get to play that one because it was just there was a line for it, and it, it but it looked like a lot a lot of fun. But did not get the chance to actually do it. Maybe next time, play the House of Dead and the Tr- Jurassic Park. You guys remember that one, right? The Jurassic Park. That one was a lot of fun. And Time Crisis. Man, if you don't remember that in the arcades, I don't know what to tell you. You guys are missing out, but. It was overall fun. I uh, went to that Saturday before the fight, so my Saturday was jam-packed. And so what I do Sunday, Sunday chilled, Monday work, today work as well. Gym routine, meal prepping, you know the deal, you know the business. But other than that, let's just get right on to it. UFC 295, probably, I have to say, my favorite card of the year. I don't think that is not an understatement if you have not seen this past week's card. If you saw it, you know exactly what the hell I am talking about. Uh, should we, let's go from the bottom up this time. Let's go for, sort of from the bottom up. Uh, opening up the card, possible future contender and Diego Lopez taking on Pat Sabatini. Oh my God, was that just a hell of a fight. Diego Lopez, first round uh, TKO at the 1 minute and 30 second mark. Diego Lopez essentially catching him um, when he got up. And it seems like Pat Sabatini did not even see the strike coming. Nicked him right like in the side of the head. It looked like it could have been possibly in the like near the back of the head. It was It was a legal shot. If you throw a punch and the guy's like uh, moving, it happens to uh, land on the side of the head or right behind the ear. That's all fair game. Uh, Sabatini lost his balance, went backwards a few more shots, and it was all she wrote. That was it. Just a hell of a fight. I'm ashamed to say I did not know who Diego Lopez was before this event, but I remember his ass now because that was uh, it was a fantastic performance. That hair that he got looks like 
he should work in Abercrombie and Fitch because that, whoo, man, he's got a just a, a nice head of hair on him. Got to give Diego Lopez that. He's such a savage. Twenty three and six in the featherweight division. I think this division definitely needed some more life in it because you don't have too many contenders. I think featherweight could possibly. It's between featherweight and um, flyweight, which has the lowest. It's the, the shallowest division. The shallowest division, I will say that much. Diego Lopez and featherweight. I think the best fighters in that way in that weight class are Volkanovski, Max Holloway, um, Ia Tapura, and Brendan Allen. Other than that, I mean that that's about it. You got about four people, so it could use a breath of fresh air. Uh, Flyweight has like three people, but you know, um, the UFC is always looking for new talent and they may have one in Diego Lopez. Next fight was a bit of a heartbreaker with our boy Matt Frivola getting TKO'd in the very first round that, oh my God, I, I think the whole stance, the whole crowd audience was rooting for Matt Frivola, myself included. And it was it just right off right off the rip they were going at it going to war. Bonat Saint Denis um, in the middle of that exchange, Mafravola you could say made a bit of a uh, kind of a say an amateur move when he was trying to escape and he had had his hands low. Bonat Buen, Benwat Saint Denis kind of saw that. And as, uh, as Matt Favola got up and he tried to exit the pocket along the side of the fence, uh, Buenat chased him down, took a step in, threw a high kick, and that was all she wrote. Hit Matt Favola right on the chin, went down, and a few more follow-up shots. And again, uh, like that was it. And you just hate to see it for Matt Favola. Um, he got up. He knew it was uh, the right stoppage. And gave him the salute, um, gave ben, Benoit the Veterans Day salute to give honor to the troops. So you do love to see that. The UFC showed some love to um, pay homage to veterans as well. Usually it's like in a dark and gloomy matter, but uh, the UFC really stepped it up this time and just really showed the the troops exactly just just showed them, paid them homage and showed them respect. So sort of Matt Frivola, so hats off to him. Uh, Jessica Andrade getting it done against Mackenzie Dern in the second round TKO. Mackenzie Dern really needs to work on those hands because Jessica Andrade was really bagged up in tour corner. She was coming off three hard-ass losses to possible future women's champions. So that's something to note as well. Loss against Tatiana Suarez, no big deal. She's possibly the next women's champion at 115 pounds. Uh, also lost to Aaron Blanchfield. No shame on that. Possibly the next woman's champion at 125 pounds. And lost to Shang Yanan. Uh, no <laughs> no shame in that as well because she is fighting Zhang Weili for uh, the title in China next year. So Jessica Andrade, I know she was the... Um, she was the slight favorite, I believe, but she uh, she should have been higher than that. Mackenzie Dern, while she has great Brazilian jiu-jitsu, some of the best in the division, it just seems like for whatever reason, some fighters just cannot put it together when it comes to the hands. And we kind of saw that with Mackenzie Dern. Now for the big fish, the ones that really, really did matter. 
who Tom Aspinall defeats Sergei Pavlovich in the very first round. The very first round. Holy hell. A minute and nine seconds. I was high on Tom Aspinall way before all this started. I'm talking way back when he first burst onto the scenes. People did not know who he was, but there's just something when you see a talent in the octagon fighting. You can see they have that spark, and you see it right away. 100% saw it in Tom Aspinall when he made his UFC debut and has the shortest ring time in the heavyweight division. Openly admitted that Sergey Pavlovich is the scariest heavyweight in the division. And I think we all can agree. Sergey Pavlovich was knocking everybody out in the first round. In the first round. How could you say otherwise? Let's see. He has... Ooh, holy hell. Fight nights, fight nights. So one, two, three, four, five. He has six first-round knockout finishes. Last one against Curtis Blades. How could you not be afraid of this guy? How, like, how, how could you not be afraid of him? And Tom Aspinall, who took the Bisping story to a whole nother level. The third British champion in Tom Aspinall. Did the exact same thing as Michael Bisping, taking this fight on on 10 days notice. Same with Michael Bisping, openly admitting he was afraid, openly admitting he was not training. He was on vacation with his family. Got the call at 3 o'clock in the morning, said yes. Blew out his back during training. There's open footage of it that you can see on YouTube. Blew out his back. And still took out Sergey Pavlovich in the very first round. Even when, may I remind you, even when Sergey Pavlovich was the backup fighter for this division. What does that mean? He's been training. He was told that he was the backup fighter this past summer. This past summer, he was the backup fighter. And he still could not get the job done. He had months of training compared to Tom Aspinall. Tom Aspinall had 10 days. Seven of those 10 days, he couldn't even train. He came in, knocked him out in the first round. He showed some resilience because Sergey clocked him in the beginning of the round. Sergey thought like, oh, here we go, here we go. Tom Aspinall, not being boo-boo the fool, did the the chuck and jive. He swerved out of there. He, He literally got out. He did not panic. He literally backed up and showed head movement. Sergey was trying to... Literally uh, was trying to chase him down, but he couldn't. Tom Aspinall saw an opening, um, threw his punches in between Sergey's punches, hit him with the left, right. Uh, Sergey was rocked, hit him with two more left. Sergey went down and hammer fist him two or three more times, and that was all she wrote. And now Tom Aspinall is the interim heavyweight champion. Congratulations to Tom. I think we can all say that once John Jones fights Stipe Miocic, they're both going to retire, and Tom Aspinall is going to be promoted to the undisputed heavyweight champion of the world. I don't think I'm not surprising anybody when I say that, but that is essentially what's going to happen. Should he fight John Jones or Stipe? Yeah, I could see that happening, but... John Jones is just at a point where he has nothing to prove to nobody, including myself. So, Tom Aspinall, congratulations. 
And for the main event, which felt like, in hindsight, it should have been the co-main, given the ending of it, we had Yuri Prohoshka taking on Alex Piera, and Alex Piera finished him in the second round at the 4 minute and 8 second mark. Most intense stare down in UFC history? My vote's for yes. I mean, did you see that? They did not take their eyes off of each other. Usually when fighters get in the cage, they'll shake out their arms. They'll take out, uh, they'll talk to their coaches. They'll, you know, look down at the ground, out at the audience and wave these guys. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Nope, 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 nope. Stare down of the goddamn year. Did not take eyes off of each other. Did not move. Was just frozen solid staring at each other during that opening. And it was, it was goddamn intense. It was so intense. And you love to see it. Now, even though the buildup was fantastic, it was great. We all knew what was going to happen. And the walkouts were intense. Alex Pierre probably has the greatest walkout currently in the UFC. And when when the fight started, I was so nervous. But I can tell that we all wanted a war, but we did not get it. Alex Pereira being technical, as we should have predicted, hit Yuri Prohoshka with like four leg kicks, and Yuri essentially was kind of done after that. Uh, his game plan really built upon his movement. He couldn't like uh, he couldn't um, just strut around. He couldn't move. He couldn't chuck and jive. And it was he was just compromised after he ate those first few leg kicks. He tried to switch stances, but it really did not work for him. And um, in the second round, he, you know, tried to just get things going, kind of charged and lazily. Uh, Alex Pierre hit him with that right left hook. He went down um, and then he hit him with one more shot. The referee called it off. At first, I believe we all thought that it could have been an early stoppage. But in hindsight, when they just released new footage of a secondary angle from the left-hand side, it really did show that it was the right call. Yuri Prohoshka was out, and Alex Piera is now a two-time UFC champion, which is just so insane given he's only had seven fights in the UFC. That's about it, and and just here we go now. With him getting his second title, first one being in the middleweight division, second one being... Um, second one being in the light heavyweight division. And from here, I don't know where the light heavyweight division goes. I think they should do the rematch. I 100% think they should do the rematch. Why not? Why not do that rematch? Who else is going to fight next? Yes, we know Jamal Hill is going to be next, but he just ruptured his Achilles. He's not going to be fighting until later on in the year. So, and who else is there? Um, they're going to run back um, Johnny Walker and Magomed Ankalaev. Magomed Ankalaev should have been in the title picture, but whatever. Uh, Jamal Hill's injured, and they're running back Jan Blachowicz versus... Jan Blachowicz versus, oh, Alexander Rakic. So, I mean, the only people left after that is... It's crazy to say is Anthony Smith. They're not going to do that. Unless they just have Alex Pereira just wait for Jamal Hill, they could do that. But I think this division has already been in a stance so long enough, right? I don't think I'm overreaching when I say that. Do not think so. So 
Overall, uh, I believe that should be the rematch, um, even just because of the circumstances. And we don't want Alex sitting out for a long time. I don't believe Alex wants to sit out for a long time as well. And that's it. That is the the that should be the play. I don't see what else the UFC should be able to do, but only time will tell. Um, this upcoming weekend, we do have Brendan Allen taking on Paul Krieg in the middleweight division. Uh, early fights as well, 4 p.m. Central Time. That's going to be good. I'm going to break down that one as well later on this week. Uh, so make sure you guys tune in. As always, check out our Discord group. It is the Hotbox Squad. Send me a message on there if you join Taj so I can host something and essentially introduce you all to the squad. I do appreciate the listeners as always. Again, that is the Hotbox Squad. Uh, no spaces. Uh, I am Taj on there. Um, well, I'm one of the Super Saiyan admins, so you should be able to see me no problem. And yeah, appreciate all the love, appreciate all the views, and I'll catch you all next time.